All right, welcome to the Monday night call. And uh, I'm very excited to be here as always. It is Monday again, which is always seems like it's Monday or it's like Christmas or it's like a birthday or something like that. But today is a great call. We're gonna get into uh, Roma Freedom Technique here in a little bit. One announcement I'd like to make though is that I think starting in February, which would be starting next week, I am not going to do these live anymore. I'm going to do them recorded and then put them right on the podcast because we have a, you know, a lot of time demands that I've been having to do for Monday and I've been changing my schedule so that I can still do Monday calls, but we have such a huge viewership or listening ship, I guess you'd say on the podcasts compared to the live calls. And that would also give me the flexibility to have certain guests that I normally can't have because their schedules don't allow them to come on Mondays either. I can record at any time and then probably every week still load a new recording in iTunes under Diamond Factory and also SoundCloud under Diamond Factory. And then I could put the some of the video trainings in the Diamond Factory System Facebook group. So that's a major announcement for us just because I've been doing the call since 2013 and wow. uh, yeah, technology has changed, you know, and you were one of my early guests, you know. I remember, yeah. Yeah, it was. Doing it back in the day. Oh my gosh, I know. It was like, it was really cool. And, you know, back then everybody showed up live because there, we didn't have, you know, all these podcasts and all these other things. And now it's just, it's just shifted. You know, I think my audience listening is probably three to four times bigger, but it's, on the podcast mm -hmm. so it's just times have changed and i'm like okay so you know one thing i've not ever changed doing the monday recordings is because i wanted to make sure i was still accountable so if for some reason i can't get my rearing gear <laughs> and get these recorded every week then you will notice they go back live just for my own self <laughs> to record them every week yeah, so, sometimes live forces us to do the stuff that we uh, otherwise might put to the back burner. Oh, never, never, <laughs> never, never. So that's the the word on this. And uh, I know I'm getting this already. You've got the screen. Cool. So you can take it from here. So let me introduce our guest. And some of you know who he is. And many of you maybe have never heard of him. Or if you're new to Young Living, let me introduce to you Dr. Benjamin Perkis. Um, he's a board certified psychologist in New York State. He's been practicing for many, many years. And what was it, um, 2008? Is that when you got your license? 2007, 2008? I got my license back in 98. 98. See, I was off a decade. Um, so I was just subtracting six from the date I had down. So uh -huh. 98 um, is when you started practicing. And, you, you know, your practice has evolved and changed over the years. You know, you did mostly marriage and you've done with kids and ADHD. And, you know, you do a therapy called EMDR and all this good stuff. But you and your wife have been doing Young Living for an extremely long time. I mean, I've known you for Since a long 2001. time. 2001. Same year as me. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good year. And, you know, over the years, I know that you had always shared, you know, the power of essential oils to be used in emotional support and to help people through different things in their life. And then what year was it that you came up with the Aroma Freedom Technique and you officially, I remember we were working on it back, you know, yep. two, yeah, it, was, um, yeah. it was 2016 is when it actually came together. Yeah, the, the official, because the techniques yep. that you teach in the Aroma Freedom Technique, 
those have been used a long time, but then you pulled it together. And now there's many people benefiting from this technique that you have done. And people are also practitioners and sharing and teaching it as well. So I appreciate you coming on. I know you had some really cool, exciting stuff happening today. Um, Cause you've, as always, you know, you're doing things and evolving. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and, and sharing all this stuff with people. Absolutely. Well, my pleasure. Well, thank you. I remember, yeah, I think that we may have first met back at a, a, uh, a Sandy Ellsberg training in New Jersey. Does that ring a bell? Oh my gosh. Bread winner, bre bread maker? Bread, bread winner, bread baker. Yeah, Jeffrey yeah. Lewis brought her in. And yeah, I've got yep. that book over there on my shelf somewhere. Oh, are yep. you kidding me? Yeah, that's the first time we met. And, and so much has changed in Young Living since then. So many people have, have grown and evolved and so many great leaders have, have sprung up. So much information now that um, mm -hmm. is different than it was back in the day. And now we really have to kind of pick and choose and kind of curate the information that we need and understanding there's so many methods and systems and it's really finding the one or ones that resonate with you and, and taking those forward. That is so true because like you said, when we were doing that training before all this, you know, digital stuff, you know, that's exploded in the last five, six, seven years, we, we had a limited amount of tools and it was many of the network marketers that had been around forever and ever and ever in a day. And we, we could be a little more focused. And now it's, there are so many people teaching so many things. And I talked to a lot of people and I'm, I'm sure you have too, they're, they've got like a tornado brain because there's too much. They're trying a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and a little bit of this, and they wind up spinning around and not doing anything. Have you, have you found that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, and I noticed that a lot of times beginners or maybe not, not brand new beginners, but once they really start getting into it and they want to get educated, they're buying all the books and they're getting all the systems and they're trying this and they're trying that. And yeah, the, you know, the, the more you spin, the less you do. And so that's where it's really important to, to really know yourself and know what resonates with you. And, you know, we use the oils for that too, you know, to really kind of settle into your heart and, and find the path that's, that's true for you. And then, and then taking action, of course, because if you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. We'll talk about that tonight too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what we're just going to hop right into everything, everybody, because, um, you know, this time of year, I feel, I love, I think New Year's is one of my favorite holidays ever. And because we can set, you know, hit a reset button and set goals for the year and, and whatever may have happened in the previous year that we're letting go of and we're moving with a new, you know, perspective. But the statistics say that 80% of people that set a resolution or a goal at the beginning of a new year don't achieve it. And I'm really curious, Dr. Ben, that like what what is going on there? And I know that's going to evolve as we talk throughout the entire um, hour that we have, you know, everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to do this or that. And then, you know, like by February 15th, it's over. It's true. Yeah. That's a, <clears throat> a very famous statistic and it's sadly true. So I'm going to share with you, I'm not going to answer your question right away because it's going to kind of become more apparent <laughs> as I, as I pull these things together here for you. So uh, do you what's wanna, good about goals and what are the problems with goals? Sweet. Do you want me to just to give it to you so you can take it and do your slides? Sure. What I'll do is I'll, yeah, I kind of have some structure here just okay, to lay some ahead. foundation for you guys. But then I do want you to, when it comes to certain points, I want all of you to really chime in on the chat 
with examples from your own life. Like if I say, hey, have you ever noticed this? I want to hear what's, you know, what each of you have experienced. And we can, that way I can customize what I'm saying to all of your needs. Um, so, so we'll just jump right in. So you guys can all see the screen, right? I can see it great. Okay. And for those of you listening, um, you're just listen to the voice and you'll be fine. Uh, so first of all, like what even is a goal? We talk about goal setting and the dictionary says, well, a goal is the end toward which effort is directed. Now that may seem kind of straightforward, but let's take a few minutes and really kind of understand what a goal is and why we would want to have goals. And sports analogies are great for this because that's kind of what most sports are, is there are goals. Say take soccer, for example. A goal is a very fixed, uh, a very fixed place in time and space. Here it is, it's this big, it's not this big. And you have to get the ball in the goal and not above the goal or outside of the goal. So the great thing about sports for these analogies is you get very clear feedback. You know if you scored a goal and you know if you haven't. In life, it's a lot more nebulous than that. How do you know if you actually got what you wanted? But we'll talk about that a little bit. But having the goal, what does that do? That helps the player know which direction to run. Up, run. That helps the player know where to kick the ball. And that lets the defender know where to stand. So the goal does a lot to orient us. Like you say, there are so many things throughout our day that we have decisions to make. I don't know what the stat is, how many tens of thousands of decisions we make every single day. It's crazy if you, if you really think about it. You know, which fork do I use? Uh, which shirt do I put on? It's just we're constantly making decisions. Well, having a goal helps you know which decisions are going to get you towards that goal and which aren't. And in life, it's not quite as simple as sports, but it's a good analogy. So another way of thinking about it, another, another um, definition is it's an observable and measurable end result, having one or more objectives to be achieved within a more or less fixed time frame. And I want to pause and really make sure we all hear that fixed time frame, because time, you just, you said it right in the comments before we started, Jen, you've been doing these live for how many years now seven plus years you've been doing these um these live calls monday night that's a very fixed time frame so what does that mean it means you got to show up at that time it means that your your presenters show up at that time the people watching show up at that time and it kind of gets everyone some orientation and you yourself even kind of alluded without that time frame is everything going to get done let's hope it does and you can work on systems to help you make sure that it does get done but giving something a time frame tends to increase the chance that it's going to occur. So when we talk about setting goals, we're going to talk about the goals that, that include a time component and how, how motivating that is and how orienting it is and how important it is. So I just kind of want to point that out. Again, in sports, most sports have a time constraint. The, the biggest one that doesn't, I'm sure there are others, is what? Is baseball. Baseball is the one major sport where there is not a time constraint. And what do people complain about? How long, how long they last. Now, some people, they're so in love with it, they don't care how long it lasts. But uh, it's a problem for, I'm sure, the TV networks as well to try to schedule, schedule this. Most, most sports is 60 minutes for football, 90 minutes for soccer, you know, whatever it is. So having time, it kind of forces the action to occur because things are kind of funneled into time. And I'll also mention for those of you who aren't familiar with my story with Aroma Freedom, that I challenged myself to write my book in 30 days. Why? Because I had this idea to write it, 
It was two months before convention, 2016. So I said, I'll take 30 days to write it. The other 30 to print it and, you know, get it, um, get it out to Utah so that I can sell it. And having that time frame is really what kind of put me in that intense funnel of activity to get it done. I had had tons of ideas for books before then, but I'd never given myself a deadline. So when you give yourself a deadline, that's when things happen. So, um, oh, so to say one more thing about, you know, New Year's resolutions, we talked about how, how often they fail. And many times they fail because there's not a specific deadline for it. Someone says, I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to change this habit. But there's no structure to it. And so a resolution, the resolve quickly disappears. This is because resolutions are made with our conscious mind, but most goals are actually achieved with our subconscious mind. And we'll talk about that. So, okay, so I promised you guys a little bit of science. I'm just going to reference here Edwin Locke and Gary Latham. They kind of uh, set the bar. They created the standard. Um, they researched all the relevant goals. There are thousands of research studies on goals in animals as well as in humans. You know, goals, in, goals for an animal might be uh, how fast they could run a maze or something like that. Thousands of research studies, and they compiled all of the scientific data, and they distilled what are the main features of how to improve performance in goal setting, because that's what we're really talking about, right? We can set goals till we're blue in the face, but if we can't achieve any of those goals, what's the purpose? So what are the, what are the, the factors that science has found that, that helps us see which goals we achieve and how we achieve them? <clears throat> so here's the overview. Specific, difficult goals lead to higher performance than either easy goals or just instructions to do your best. So there's some caveats to this and we'll go into it as long as feedback about progress is provided, the person is committed to the goal, and the person has the ability and knowledge to perform the task. So let's break this down a little bit. So first of all, specific difficult goals. What is that? Now you've all heard of SMART goals, so I'm just going to introduce this and we'll move past it. But SMART goals are those specific and measurable goals that they're attainable, they're relevant, and they're time-based. So they have a beginning and end. They're specific. So the best, easiest definition I've heard of a goal like this is how much by when. So if you're setting a goal for yourself, you want to make more money in your business, how much and by when. If, it's, if you have a how much and a by when, you've gone a long way towards making it, making it smart. But let's look a little more at this. They also said that the goals need to be difficult. Does that surprise anyone? The goals need to be difficult in order to get high performance and in a way we think oh well that's too bad i wish easy goals could lead to high performance but it doesn't work that way uh, a difficult goal is required if you want to achieve it so uh and if you look at people who have achieved wonderful goals who have achieved the, the high ranks in young living or high success in any area you're kidding yourself if you think it wasn't difficult for them it is difficult okay let's break it down though so what else they say they say as long as there's feedback. So what this means is that you need feedback to see how you're doing. In the absence of feedback, <clears throat> you're not likely to reach your goal. I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to, you start running and you have a goal to get yourself down to a six minute mile. And then you start running. Every day you're out there running and you don't have a watch on. Well, how are you going to know if you're getting closer to your goal? You're not. You're just going to notice how you feel. 
you're going to be, well, I think I ran faster today. I think maybe I did it in six minutes. You're not going to know. So without feedback, you can't know. Another aspect of feedback is tracking. So for instance, if you have a goal of going to the gym four days a week, how are you going to know if you actually went four days a week? Our minds are really play tricks on us, and we tend not to be very accurate without some objective standards. So uh, an example of you know writing on a on a calendar, checking off every day that you went to the gym or every day that you ate your vegetables or took your gingerbread or whatever it is. You need that feedback. Without the feedback, you're not going to succeed. This feedback could be a tracking system like I'm talking about now. It could also be feedback from others. Let's say it's more subjective, like you're learning to play the violin. You need your teacher to be telling you if you're playing it well or other people, the other people hearing it. Someone has to give you some feedback to know if you're heading in the right direction or not. So you need to build feedback loop into your goal setting. And the end of today, we're gonna to kind of pull it all together into some goals. And then if we have time, I'll do some aroma freedom with you guys. So uh, we, need some, we need to have a, some feedback. They also said that, there, said that there has to be commitment to the goal. So this means that you need to be really sure if you're gonna do something difficult, you need to be really sure that this is a goal that you want and that you're committed to it. Because if you're not committed, what's going to happen? You're going to start, and this is most New Year's resolutions, you start, you do it a few times, and it, and it fades away. So you need to make sure and really kind of do a gut check of, is this something that I really want, and how committed am I to it? And also, ability and knowledge is the other thing that they said you have to have. So, and I've said this since the beginning with Aroma Freedom, with Aroma Freedom, we work all the time with releasing our blocks to success, with clearing our attitude and getting ourselves into that positive mindset, into that positive emotional flow. That's what Aroma Freedom does, and that's fantastic. But if you have that, but you don't have the ability or knowledge to do the task, you're going to fall flat on your face. You know, if you have, I worked with someone once early on, and she wanted to be a diamond in Young Living. So we cleared her out for that, you know, so that in her, in her heart, she felt confident she could do it, that she wasn't blocked internally. But then I said, okay, now how good are you at talking to people? And right away, she froze right up. So even though in her mind, she had a positive attitude towards it, she didn't have the ability and the skills to talk to people to do the things she needed to do to reach the goal. The same is true for exercise, for accomplishing any task, you may need to go out there and get that knowledge. And that's where we talk about the different systems, the books, the training processes. You need to have the positive attitude, which you get with Aroma Freedom, and you need to have some system that you're going to use to get there as well. So just going back to what they said, specific difficult goals, as long as there's feedback, there's commitment, and there's ability and knowledge. So. Um, let me just pause there. Does that make sense so far, what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, again, some of it's kind of common sense, but it's nice to have the science validate that these are, of the people who achieve the goals, this is how, how they do it. Okay. Now, Locke and Latham go on to say that goals affect performance in the following ways. So, now we're talking about how does having a goal affect your performance? Well, there's a few different ways. One is they direct your attention and your effort towards the goal-related activities. Um, if a goal is difficult, it leads to greater effort. 
the goals tend to increase persistence with difficult goals prolonging, prolonging effort and goals indirectly lead to arousal and to discovery and use of task relevant knowledge and strategies. I'm gonna break these down uh, to make it really uh, common sense for you guys. Number one, okay, goals directing attention and effort toward goal relevant activities. So like I said in the example of if you have a goal to run your six minute mile, well that means so in your day, having that goal is gonna affect what you do in your day. It's gonna affect whether you're gonna get out there and practice. It may affect how you eat. You may realize that, you know, I'm really tired eating all this junk food. I can't seem to get anywhere with my running. Maybe if I clean up my diet, that's gonna affect my running. So, or you have a goal to be a diamond in Young Living. Well, that's going to affect the things that you choose to do in a day. Again, there's a thousand decisions in a day, the things you choose to do in a day and the things you don't. So in the absence of a goal, your day can be all over the place. And then the difficult goals lead to greater effort. Once again, it seems common sense, but it's worth repeating that if you have a goal to bench press 200 pounds, let's say, versus a goal to bench press five pounds, which one is going to lead to greater effort? If you have a goal that's easy, you'll exert just enough effort to reach that goal. So <clears throat> at the end of a year of training, who's gonna have more muscle? The person that had the goal of just bench pressing five pounds or the goal of bench pressing 200 pounds? Seems obvious, but it's worth repeating. You need to set a difficult goal if you wanna perform at a high level. Now, if you don't care about performing at a high level, then who cares? And I'm not saying you should have a goal of bench pressing 200, whatever is meaningful for you. But just know that if you see something that you want that is beyond where you are now, and it seems difficult, and it seems really hard to reach, good. You're gonna need that to get you up to that level of performance. The other thing they said, goals increase persistence with difficult goals prolonging effort. Here again, if you're going running and you have a, a goal to run your six minute mile, you're gonna run more often, you're going to run longer, you might try to run faster, you're going to basically persist beyond that point of giving up because work is difficult, effort is difficult, right? We're, we're biologically programmed to um, kind of pull back when things get too difficult. And we need to use our minds and our thought processes to push us past that, our desire, our heart, you know, that spirit within us that pushes us past our discomfort. So people who have goals are going to persist. And the study that they quote from this is one where they, you know, had two groups of people that were just starting running. And one of them just says, well, just go run and have fun. You know, just promise that you're going to go out three days a week and just run for as long as you want to. And the other one said, go out and run and your goal is to run X number of miles or to get up to that point. So both groups of runners went out and ran the whole time. But at the end of the trial, however many weeks that was, again, it seems obvious, but at the end of that trial, the ones who had a goal, they persisted, they went out there and they worked harder and they improved more than the people that were just out having fun. And then goals indirectly lead to arousal and to discovery and use of task relevant knowledge and strategies. So I'll break that down even further. So arousal means it gets you going, it gets you pumped up, it gets you moving. I have the little graphic here of a woman getting out of bed, right? 
we all need something to get out of bed for. And if we have a goal, that's going to get us out of bed and it's going to raise our arousal level, which is just a physiological way of saying it's going to put juice in our veins so that we can go do what we need to do in life. Having goals does that. Gary Young, one of the most driven men any of us have ever met, was continually setting goals, constantly setting goals and writing them down and encourage all of us to do the same. He wasn't just out doing all the million things that he did uh, without an idea in mind of what he was doing. He was purposely setting those goals. Same with me. When I set my goal to write the book, when I set my goal to create the certification, when I set the, my goal to uh, have a translation, whatever it, whatever it is, when I set a goal, it gets me in action. I feel energized when I set a goal. How many of you can relate to that? Put in the chat box if you can relate to that. If you've ever had that experience, I call it having meaning and purpose. That um, and it's kind of exciting when you wake up and you have you have a project to do. You have something that you want to go for. It just it gives you energy. I feel it gives you energy. Sometimes people say it the opposite way, or they think it the opposite way. They think that well, once I have energy, then I'll go do the stuff. Guess what, guys? It doesn't work that way. Right? It works the opposite way. Setting the goal is what gives you the energy to do the goal, not the other way around. So don't sit around and wait for the energy to come before setting goals. I hope that makes sense. So that's part, the first part of it is um, arousal. And the second part, discovery and use of task-relevant knowledge and strategies. So let's break that down a little bit. So when you have a goal, you're going to find out what you're made of. You're going to find out um, Maybe you need to learn something. Let's say you, I'll stick with the running analogy, <clears throat> see how far it takes me. Let's say you, um, you start running and then you get this pain in your knee. And you could think, oh, I guess I can't run anymore because I get a pain in my knee. And then your friend says to you, well, have you ever checked your shoes? Maybe you're out of alignment. Maybe you need some, some arch support on your right side because your knee keeps hurting. So you go to whoever, the expert, and sure enough, the right type of shoe, all of a sudden you can run better. You never would have learned that if you didn't have the goal to start running. You never would have learned that your knee was out of alignment and needed support, just as an example. Take another example, say you want to be a diamond in Young Living. You may need to discover a lot of things, like you may need to learn the comp plan, you may need to learn how to talk to people, you may need to learn about inspirational leadership, you may need to learn some, um, some technological things. You know, some people, they get stuck because they aren't able to master the technology or they think that they're not able to master the technology needed to achieve their goal. So uh, you're going to learn all kinds of things once you have that goal that you never would have learned if you didn't have that goal. So the moderators of goal setting success um, this is again, back to the same research study. Uh, there are three things that moderate the success. One is the importance of the expected outcomes of goal attainment, which we'll go into self-efficacy, which is your belief that you can achieve the goal and commitment to others. Promises or engagements to others can strongly improve commitment. So we'll break those down. So we've all heard about knowing what your why is. And this is really has to do with why you're writing the book. Why are you building the business? Why are you running for president why whatever it is you're doing why do you want to run that six minute mile you might you might want to learn that before you go out there and try to run that six minute mile because 
when you're huffing and puffing and want to give up and you don't have any idea why you're even doing it, what are the chances you're going to actually succeed? Not very good, right? But if your why has to do with, well, I want to, you know, have energy to, you know, lift my grandkids. I want to uh, be more attractive. I want to uh, just feel good. I want to be more focused and have energy, whatever it is. When you know why you're doing it, you're going to be able to succeed better. So uh, self-efficacy, I love this little guy. Uh, one's belief that they're able to achieve the goals. And again, this is where the aroma freedom comes in. Uh, when you look at a goal and you believe, you don't believe you could do it, you say, well, that's for other people, but not for me. I could never be a public speaker. I could never be a crown diamond. I could never write a book, whatever it is. If you don't believe you can do it, I could never run a six minute mile. You have to struggle with that. You're going to have to break through that and develop that confidence, which is what we're doing with Aroma Freedom. And then, again, commitment to others, which we talk about this already. When you commit to other people, promises or engagements to others can strongly improve commitment. So whether it's talking about a, having accountability for a goal, but making your goal public, it increases your chances of, of success. So this is the first part of what I wanted to share today was uh, the goal setting and what are the factors that allow you to be successful. Now I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to back up a little bit and I'm going to show some of the problems with goal setting. And this gets at some of why those New Year's resolutions are not often completed. Uh, some of the inspiration from this comes from a great book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And uh, some of the things he has to say about goal setting, he's kind of being contrarian here, but there's a lot of truth to what this is. So uh, the results that you achieve tend to have more to do with systems than with goals. So let's talk about the difference. Sys goals are about the results you want to achieve, the direction you want to head. And systems are about the processes that lead to those results. So again, the analogy of running. A goal is to run a six minute mile. Well, the chance that you're ever going to be able to actually run a six minute mile has everything to do with the system you have in place for reaching that goal, which is basically your habits. So do you have a habit of putting on your jogging shoes and going outside at least four days a week? Do you have the habit of tracking your progress? Do you have the habit of um, celebrating you know, every, every time you've done it? Whatever it is, there's a lot more we won't get into today about how to set habits. There's a lot of great info on that. I'm going to do another class on habits soon. But um, a good way of saying it is that the goal is the direction, but the systems are what actually get you there. So, for example, let's use the example of being a royal crown diamond. So you can have a, role, a goal. Oh, there's a lot of people. There are millions of people who have the goal of being a royal crown diamond. Well, why isn't everybody a royal crown diamond? Well, it depends on the system you have. Your chances for success in reaching that goal is going to depend on how do you enroll people? How well are you? How good are you at it? How often do you do it? How do you teach people once you do enroll them? How do you inspire your team? Do you have that ability to inspire them or do you kind of fall flat and not know what to say? How do you train your leaders? Do you train your leaders? How do you duplicate yourself? You see how all of these systems are going to really have much more effect on the your chances of reaching that goal than just having the goal. Does that make sense? 
So another way to say it, goals are good for setting a direction, but systems are best for making progress. And uh, Clear goes on to talk about, there are some problems with just focusing too much on goals. You know, we all talk about goals, and yet, why aren't we always achieving them? And I thought this one was interesting. Winners and losers have the same goals. Very often, if you have you know, the Super Bowl's coming up, if you have a, a game coming up, both teams have the same goal. One is going to achieve it and what isn't. And what, what's that going to come down to? It's going to come down to their system of practicing, their system of getting new players, their system of training people, their system of supporting them, their system of, of uh, eating, probably, and whatever else they're doing to stay healthy. So um, the same with the goal of being a Royal Crown Diamond. Who has the better system? Just having the goal is not going to ensure that you're going to be successful. <clears throat> Another thing is achieving a goal is only a momentary change in the sense that suppose you have that goal of running the six-minute mile, and then you achieve that goal of running the six-minute mile. Well, what happens then? If you just stop running at that point, maybe the goal was kind of worthless because you reached it. You had that momentary burst of happiness. If you stop running, if you just let yourself go again, you're going to be right back where you started. We've all heard of people who uh, win the lottery. Maybe not so much that was a goal of theirs. Of course, if they got the lottery ticket, that was their goal. They won the lottery, so they reached their goal. But what happens? Days, weeks, months, or years later, they're right back to being in debt where they were. Why? Because they didn't change their systems. They didn't change the systems of handling money, making money, handling it, saving it, whatever it is uh, that they needed to have. So if you're only focused on the goal and you're ignoring the systems, the habits, to get there, you're going to fall down. Another problem is goals can restrict your happiness in the sense that if you think that you can only be happy when you reach that goal, then what does that mean? You're going to be miserable every day up until you reach it? Well, what he suggests instead is you fall in love with the process rather than the outcome. And so you'll be satisfied anytime that your system is working. So if you set up a system where you're running that three, four days a week, whatever it is, and you're tracking your progress, you're seeing your improvement, you're feeling better all the time, you're happy, not so much because you've reached your goal, you can be happy before you reach your goal because your system is working. Does that make sense? The same is true, whatever level you are with, at Young Living, you, can, you don't have to reserve your happiness for when you're at the top. Be happy every step of the way and be working on on developing your skills and improving your um, your abilities, if you're doing those things, you're going to have lots of happiness along the way. Don't just focus on the end goal, basically, is in other words. And goals can be at odds with long-term progress, like I mentioned, where after the goal is reached, there's a danger you could fall backwards unless you keep setting new goals. So this is the caveat that I want to say. If you are setting small attainable goals and then the next one and then the next one and that that itself becomes a habit of setting goals, then you're in the best of both worlds because you're continually upping your game each time and you're going to make long-term progress. So uh, just be sure not to get caught in that trap of having like one huge goal, thinking I can get miserable now, I'll be happy then. Focus on the attainable goals along the way. This is true, say someone who has a messy room and needs to organize it, start with one small shelf and then work on the next one. Each goal that you set and you achieve, you're going to feel happy. And ultimately, 
in doing that, realize that what you're really doing is setting yourself up for having the system, the habit structure that will stay rolling even after your room is clean, that you will then develop the habits to keep the room clean. Robin says, fall in love with the process. Light bulb came on. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of sum it all up, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. I think that's kind of a good, that's a good splash of cold water for all of us. Uh, if we're only focused on achieving the goal without paying attention to the habits that are getting us there, we're going to fall back down. I'm going to talk a little bit about SMART goals versus identity goals. And we talk about this in the Roma Freedom Certification as well that uh, the SMART goals are used really when you want to accomplish something in your life, accomplish something specific. When I wanted to write my book in 30 days, I had a SMART goal. It was specific, it was time limited, it was actionable, I could do it. Identity goals are different. Identity goals are used when you want to attain a core change in your sense of self. When you realize, I want to be a certain way. So in my case, I want to be an author, let's say, I want to write a book, that's the specific, I'm writing it by this date, this time, that's my SMART goal side. I'm an author, that is my identity goal. Both are important, and I encourage when we do our Roma Freedom Clearings uh, to do both of those. Work, do some work on the, on the SMART goal setting side, and do some work on the identity side. So uh, if even saying the thought, I'm an author, brings up all this doubt and fear, and it can't be that way, you want to clear that out. And you want to clear out the parts about going forward. Same with being a Royal Crown Diamond or anything else like that. So these are some basic guidelines for goal setting. Um, and to tell you just a little bit about Aroma Freedom Technique, uh, in this process, we clear out the negative thoughts and attitudes that are interfering with reaching your goals. So you go from a goal that seems impossible and difficult and hard, which it should be. Your goal should be difficult and maybe even feel impossible. That's going to be the most fulfilling and rewarding. Okay. And then we clear out your attitudes and your thoughts and feelings so that you can really approach full force to that goal. And then you still want to learn those skills, learn those new habits and put those uh, pieces in place to achieve those goals. So this is what we do with Aroma Freedom. So I don't know where we are on time. If we have time, I'd like to take you guys through an Aroma Freedom process. Do we have yeah, time for that, Jen? We, yeah, we've got 20 minutes. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. So, we'll just do a quick round or two. So, everybody who's watching or listening, um, get out your oils if you have them. If not, you can pause and then come back and listen later when you have your oils. We're just going to use frankincense, lavender, and stress away. So, Young Living Frankincense, Lavender, and Stress Away. Uh, if you don't have those exact oils, whatever Young Living oils you have on hand will make it work, or Trauma Life is really good for this. So take a moment now, and each of you think of a goal that you'd like to that you'd like to achieve, that you'd like to see happen in the next, say, this year. We're using kind of this year as the the, the marker because we're in January of 2020 here, and just type it in the chat box, and I'll give you some guidelines here. So make it a SMART goal. Here's your guideline for SMART. Make it specific, something that you could measure, something that's attainable, even, even if it seems really difficult, something that's relevant to your life and time-based. 
go ahead and just type in the chat box uh, when you have your goal, either type in got it when you're when you pictured it, or be specific. Like Yvette says, I want to hit silver. Okay, so then write down the, the date that you want to hit silver, Yvette. And it could be I hit silver by December 2020 or whatever that is. And so remember, you can make the goal either broad like that, or you could even make it a, um, a process goal. Let's say you know that to hit silver, you need to enroll five new people each week or each month. You could make your goal be that. It could be, you know, or I talk to five people a day or whatever it is. Uh, let's see. So Renee says, to get to Senior Star by August 2020, to write my second book, uh, Certified Aroma Freedom Practitioner by February 15th, the Executive by December. Perfect. Yep, great. Get silver by 1231, enroll for a month. Good. So just writing down your goals. Okay. Once you have your goal, next step. Rate how possible it feels. How possible does this goal feel from zero to 10 and type it in the box. Zero is it feels totally hopeless. And 10, you feel totally confident. Yeah, I see some sixes, fives, fours. Yep. Okay, once you've rated your goal, read your goal again to yourself. And listen in. What does that negative voice in your head say that tells you this can't happen? And just type in got it or type in what the voice is saying. I don't need to know what it is, but it's important that you hear it. What is that voice saying that tells you this can't happen? Yeah, one person, their voice is screaming, you can't. You might even hear your inner voice laughing at you. Yep, you're too scattered. Okay, so whatever, you get distracted too easily. Whatever that voice is saying. Next, name the feeling you get when you hear that voice. Find that one word feeling and write it down. Yep, sad, frustrated, hopeless. It's really important that we find that one word emotion. That's where it all comes together. When we get that one word emotion feeling word, that's when our system starts to really pull up the stuff that we need to find to clear. Okay, anxious, frustrated. Okay, where do you feel that in your body? That's the next step. Every feeling has a location somewhere in the body. Where do you feel that in your body? Okay, solar plexus, stomach, wherever it is. Okay, so now connect with that feeling in your body. Drift back to an earlier time when you felt the same way. Could be recently or long ago. First memory that pops up. 
and you're gonna see either a specific snapshot, just type in got it when you see that snapshot, or you might see a whole movie of a lot of times when you felt that same way, that same fear, that same frustration, whatever it is, okay? Yep, some of you, are, you went right back there, even if it makes no sense why you did that, okay. Now get out your oils, drop a lavender, drop a frankincense, and a drop of stress away. This is the basic aroma freedom formula. We call it the memory release blend. Drop of frankincense, drop of lavender, drop of stress away, rub your palms together. Close your eyes, take about a minute and breathe the oils into that memory and into that feeling and watch what happens. Notice what happens to the memory. It might dissolve or break apart. Notice what happens to the feeling. Deep inhalations moves the energy. Once you've noticed a shift, just type in the box what you noticed. Did the memory dissolve? Did it break apart? Yep, Robin says it faded. Yeah, so what you're experiencing now, this is what we call memory reconsolidation. The memory dissolves. It gets further further away sometimes. Doesn't become as important or meaningful. So you basically cut the cord from this past event that this feeling reminds you of. And now, yeah, memory became less personal. Thought of other reasons the school didn't acknowledge my win. Yeah, you're starting to see it from a different perspective. So now go back to your original goal. Jules says, I realized I overcame with the past experience when I felt the same, yeah. So go back to your original goal and rate it now. How possible does it feel now? From zero to 10, zero is totally hopeless. 10 is totally possible. And I type in both numbers, the first number and the second number. Yeah, six to an eight. Yeah, so very commonly we'll see people jump one, two, three points. So what that means is you're feeling a little more possible, a little more hopeful. So most people are feeling a little more hopeful. Don't worry, some people will stay the same the first round and some people might actually go backwards. If you go backwards, congratulations, it means you've tapped into a core issue. You're gonna need a few more rounds, but you will feel great. So, okay, so what we're gonna do now, because this is just a quick little demo, of aroma freedom and what can we, we can do. Normally in a aroma freedom session, we would go two, three, four rounds 
each time you go back and you clear something else out. For those of you who know Aroma Freedom after the call, if you wanna go and just clear yourself the rest of the way. But for right now, we're gonna go and move into an affirmation. So once you've cleared out some negativity about this goal, listen to what the positive voice is saying that's telling you you can do it and create an affirmation that expresses this new positive belief. And put that, write that down. So the affirmation is gonna be something like, I, uh, I, either I am something, I am an author, I can do it. I write my book in 30 days. <clears throat> I finished my second book. I finished my AFT certification. I'm Royal Crown Diamond, whatever it is. Or it can be more of it, the attitude that you came to realize, like, like um, I got this. God has my back, whatever it is. And just write down, write down what your affirmation is. Understanding that there may still be some more things in here to clear, but even just in this one little 10-minute demo, you've noticed some shift in your attitude. So what are some of the new attitudes people are having now? Yeah, I can do this. I have the potential. So we're going and we're shifting our attitude, which is one of the pieces that the researcher said is critical. People need to have, you need to have a belief that you can do it or you're not gonna get off the couch and start exercising or you're not gonna, you know, start writing that book, whatever it is. I can get the senior star. My system to achieve my goal works. People are interested in what I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now that you've, you found that affirmation, you're gonna say it in a power pose. So get a drop of transformation oil is my all-time favorite oil for this. If not that, you could try believe oil, you could try a citrus oil or any uplifting oil. Put a drop in your palms and rub your hands together. Smell the oil. And say your affirmation, whatever it is. And we choose an oil here because we want to anchor. Now at this point, we're not dissolving anything. We're anchoring in this new feeling state with the oil so that when you smell that oil, you're going to link this feeling with that oil. And then try a power pose. I'll give you three options you can try. Now ideally you wanna stand up for this and see if I can do that here. So you're gonna put your arms over your head and, and say your goal kind of like the runner's pose, crossing the finish line. Breathe the oil again. Say it in the Wonder Woman pose. Hands on hips. Breathe again. Say it with hands over your heart. Call this the self-nurturing pose. So say it all three ways and find one that works for you. And just say it over and over. for a minute or two. Until it really feels good, till it really feels solid. And how do you guys feel now? What's one word, a one word feeling that expresses how you feel now? Just type that in the box.
Robin says, awesome, smile. What else, how else do you feel? Strong, improved, woohoo, excited, empowered. Yeah, and this was just with one round of Aroma Freedom. Normally we do two, three, four rounds of it until there's really no more negativity, but even just this one little bit, you can see this is a way we can use our oils, guys. And I want all of you to really take this to heart that we have a simple tool that's super, it's a powerful, profound tool backed by science of how we can use the oils in this specific way to really shift our mindset. So I want you to use this for your Young Living business or whatever business or whatever goal you want to set. So the final step of Aroma Freedom here, we did steps one through 11 just now. And step 12 is to set an action step. So what is the next action you need to take to move your goal forward? Maybe it's to buy a pair of running shoes. Maybe it's to enroll your first person. Maybe it's to, you know, watch the next video, whatever it is. Send the email. Yeah. Yeah. Identify just that very next, next action step. You're not going to be setting up your whole action plan here. I encourage you to do that afterwards to set up your system, but at least understand what your next step is. Yeah, write an outline, reach out. Exactly. Perfect. And I encourage you all to, you know, to watch the replay of this. I went, I actually downloaded quite a bit on you. And I want you to go through it again and pause. And when you're working on your goals for this year and see if you're hitting all of these relevant pieces that I was talking about and what you can do to maximize your chance of success by really applying all of these principles of goal setting as well as habit change. Um, and then finally, I just wanted to let you guys know about the practitioner program. This is a four to six month online program that we run to uh, teach you all the aspects of aroma freedom. There's five different techniques covering past, present, and future. Uh, the original book only had two techniques. It had the aroma freedom, which is really future-oriented goal setting, and it has the past technique for clearing out traumatic or painful memories. But now we also have um, the aroma reset, which is for the present, and aroma boost, which is a quick little way to get motivated, and some other things as well. So uh, some people, I encourage you to use aroma freedom any any way that you want to, just get the book and read it and try it. Uh, but if you want to charge for sessions, you need to become a practitioner. So check it out at aromafreedom.com. Uh, we have different training there. We have, we have my book, you know, a few different books we have, some video training just to kind of get started all the way on up to practitioner and coach training. So um, lots of tools for you there. And uh, I'm gonna turn it back over to you, Jen, see if you have any questions or, or thoughts about uh, what we did today no it's very very good um tandy asks how often do you do trainings so about every quarter we start a new training so our next one is actually coming up february 4th so that's in about 10 days or so uh maybe less than that actually it's eight days um is when we start so uh the way and the process is if it's something that you're interested in on the website there's a way to book a phone call with me and we just talk about your situation and we see if it's a good fit and if it could meet your needs. Um, so if you miss this one, then um, about every quarter or so. Okay, and you, it's virtual, or is it live in person? 
It's so it's online uh, and it's going to be a combination of pre-recorded videos covering all the different techniques that you're going to watch. And like in this case, there might be a video that you watch and you're still following along doing the processes. Um, and then we break you into mentoring groups of about five or six people. And those are live online every week with a mentor, which is either myself or one of my instructors. And um, so you have a lot of live interaction, practicing and learning and making sure you're getting it right, as well as some uh, pre-recorded. And then um, there are opportunities here and there to do in-person kind of intensives that we call them, which supplements the online training. This is where, because some people really feel they need to be belly to belly to learn. So I get that. So if you're like that type of person, you know, shoot a message to me saying, hey, I live in Scranton or I live in Minnesota or whatever, you know, can I get a training here and we can work something out. Perfect. Well, that was the main question. I mean, there was tons of people giving feedback throughout the entire time, uh, but that was the main thing. So all of you, if you want to learn more and you either want to become a practitioner or you want to take some lighter training or you want to get going with this for yourself, go to aromafreedom.com and then you can take it from there with all the choices that you have. So um, Dr. Ben, this was fantastic. I really appreciate this. Uh, perfect timing as we were coming here at the end of January. And I'm like, you know, we need to like recheck on what people were doing a couple weeks ago with their new outlook here on the year. And uh, any last thoughts that you have before we uh, adjourn here? Uh, really just that, uh, you know, goal setting should become a habit. Goal setting should be a, a way of life for us, not just something we do once a year. And uh, mm -hmm. once, once a year is a great time to hit that reset button. And sometimes you know, we fall and we need to get out of those ruts. So, yes. hey, why not? Let's use this time of year to make that resolution. But the real resolution is to become a goal setting person who is continually challenging yourself to grow. Because these are the people that climb mountains. These are the people that change the world. So um, just I love all you guys and I can't wait to see you. Uh, at the top. And again, thank you, Jen, for your commitment. You know, it's been really tremendous. And I think of the thousands of lives that have been impacted by all the the effort. And it's not easy to show up every week, to show up all the time, <laughs> bring in new content, bring in new people in. And I really honor you. And I, I think we all owe you a debt of gratitude. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I accept that because it's like, wow, it's been so many, like 300 calls or something like that. It's yeah. just incredible with the most amazing people. I think I have more fun than, than everybody listening when I talk to everybody doing these calls. And uh, I get to know the leaders very well uh, because we don't always see each other now that the, the events are so big. It's really hard to connect to people to some degree, you know, we're, when we're hitting it at the convention or beauty school or whatever else is going on. So, well, thank you again. I'm going to adjourn and let's see if there's anything else that just trickled in here. Oh my gosh. Everybody's saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, it's all, thank you. Thank you. So, all right, Ben, we'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Well, you'll, I'll start podcasting. And if I can't keep on the wagon, I will be doing them live again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye-bye everybody. Bye-bye.